0: You're listening to the Room 104
1: podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long.
0: FM 104.
2: It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. And one of the things we love doing here on this show is chatting to people who are doing things, I would imagine, slightly differently. And this next person, I'm going to say it. it's not necessarily slightly differently. It's probably hugely different to what most people are used to when it comes to uh, relationships. She has turned her back on monogamy, as what a lot of young people are doing. They're not really uh, happy with one person. And maybe if you're stuck in quarantine, you might be able to see why. You're like, he's just, doing my tits in at the moment, but uh, to chat with us a little bit more about their lifestyle and their polyamorous lifestyle. Alex Sanson's on the line. Alex, how are you? I'm
1: very good, thank you. How are you doing?
2: Good and intrigued and very curious (laughs) because, you know, I've seen the odd documentary on this stuff, but for the the layperson who's never heard of polyamory or polyamorous relationship, it's a difficult word to say, but what what exactly does it mean?
1: Uh, Sure, well, that's a really good question and it means a lot of different things to different people that identify as polyamorous. To me, it means that I have have multiple, you know, really important partnerships in my life um, or I can do if I choose just in the way that I would have maybe more than one best friend. I can have more than one sort of uh, romantic partner.
0: Okay, so at the moment, how many romantic partners would you have?
1: I have only one serious partner at the moment and then a couple of other sort of less intense relationships. Both totally fine,
0: you know, going off with other people and then coming back to that main relationship.
1: Yeah, sure. So my, my partner actually has another partner who is, you know, extremely significant in, in their life um, and they were together actually when I met my partner and yeah I'm very happy with that.
2: Cool, so, I mean um, so many questions are, you know, we could probably spend hours and hours digging through this but when were you first made aware of the possibility that you could have go against social norms and have more than one significant other in your life?
1: That's a good question so I first started sort of thinking about it when I discovered that my, my cousin actually was in, in a non-monogamous relationship and very successfully um, with his husband and they had been Uh, non-monogamous for several years by the time I found out about it. So that started me thinking about it and like, oh, well, they seem to be really happy and have this really successful partnership and what are they doing? How are they making it work? And so I I, I spoke a lot to my cousin about it, which was hugely enlightening. And then I started thinking about how it could work in my own relationship and sort of it kind of went from there and I moved very gradually. You know, it could never be, for me at least, it it could never be like an overnight switch to like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be polyamorous. But, you know, really gradually exploring how it can work for you as an individual and then if you have a partner at that time then what does that mean for them and you know will your the ways that you're going to negotiate that align just as you would negotiate any any change in a relationship i guess i
0: always just find that i like the idea of it and i kind of think that sometimes we do suppress our feelings for other people you know you kind of wonder oh what wonder what it'd be like to be with that person or this person Mm -hmm. and because you love the person that you're with at the time you tend to think oh you're that's they're terrible thoughts you shouldn't think like that but it's jealousy that will get me?
1: Sure a lot of people say that I think jealousy well obviously jealousy occurs in monogamous relationships anyway it's definitely not a, a way of avoiding jealousy as an emotion you know by being monogamous but I think what it encourages me and I know you know some of my friends who are also poly, to do is really examine why am I jealous about this person or about this activity and like look at myself and think okay what element of this is making me feel threatened do I think the other person is going to be better in some way or do I I feel like, you know, maybe it's actually highlighting an area of weakness in that relationship that I have with that person. And that's something that we can work on. And I think it's actually a really interesting way of finding those areas in a relationship that yeah. are maybe not as strong because it throws them into relief. And you're and then you are put in a position where you, you have this opportunity to examine that, which maybe you wouldn't have as readily if you were monogamous or as quickly identified those areas that you can work on.
2: What is then the main difference between your, as you mentioned, you have one letter- say significant serious partner and other non, not so significant people that you're in relationships with. What is the difference between the significant and not so significant people you're involved with?
1: Well, I don't know that that's necessarily like a really conscious choice, but, you know, I suppose in a way, relationships, different kinds of relationships develop at their own speed and in their own way. I mean, the sort of main relationship that I'm referring to is the person that I'm locked down with, which has been lovely. And we were actually not living together before. And now we are. And it's actually working really, really well for us. And then the other people that I mentioned are, you know, well, prior to, obviously, haven't seen them in quite a while, which is really sad. Mm. But people that I would see, you know, maybe every, you know, at least every month, I would say, and our relationship was like I would say it's a difference of intent so for this relationship the serious one that I'm in I have like intent for future plans we've discussed what our future is going to look like together and things like that and then with my other partners although you know there's no there's not necessarily like oh we're going to break it off at any point but um, it's a bit more free-flowing for me right. and you know it's what feels right in the moment funny I
0: did actually come across a study that said people that are in polyamorous relationships are just as happy and just as content as those who, who are just with the one person but what sure. would you say for anyone that might think like that couldn't work
1: That it wouldn't work well i mean maybe it wouldn't work for everyone and um, this is just <laughs> i guess i'm not here to sell it i just um it works for me and i think that's one important thing but i think to say that it wouldn't work it's just important if you choose monogamy i think it's really important that it is an active choice that you think about the alternative as a serious possibility because then at least you can say that you've thought about it and put yourself in that position in your mind being consciously monogamous rather than just like you know you you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend and then you get engaged and you get married and you have children and you kind of fall onto this um, escalator of society's like, expectations of where your relationship should go. Yeah. That you at least try to be really conscious of those decisions you're making and the reasons that you're making them and that it's for you and your partner and all partners and not for anyone else or satisfying other people's expectations. Because I always kind of
0: wonder that biologically, are we really meant to be with the one person for the rest of our lives? Do you know that kind of way <laughs> that like, maybe that's why people cheat?
1: Sure. I mean, from a biological standpoint, I'm not really in a position to answer. I would say people who cheat do it for a whole myriad of reasons and it's probably it's probably not that, you know, just purely biological because some people are just deceitful. But for sure, I mean people can cheat and be polyamorous. So for me that would be, you know, if my partner, you know, had sex with someone else, let's say, and didn't tell me about it, that would that would be akin to cheating. So it's important to me that I understand what's going on for my partner in their other relationships and if they are seeing someone new that I kind of know about that but that's not the case for all poly relationships and I think it makes us kind of look inside and say what are our boundaries what level of information do I personally require from this relationship to feel safe and satisfied so I don't know if that's an answer to your question sorry Yeah. yeah d- d-
2: just, just just to follow up on that so you would have a, a different so there is a difference between let's say your poly relationship and an open relationship because you wouldn't accept that if he went out drinking with the lads one night and just hooked up with some random person and never told you about it that's not cool that's are you both agreeing that if you're going to see someone new that you're completely upfront about and one night stands are kind of off the table
1: um, no they're off the table but that you know when we next see that person let's put it so I'm the person going out and, yeah. and having a one night stand hypothetically I would probably before I went out if I thought that that was something that might happen or that I felt like doing then I would probably tell my partner and I would say just to let you know I'm going to this particular place tonight um and I might do that with someone I don't know we'll see what happens and then if it did happen then I would also tell them you know oh yeah we, we hooked up or you know I got their number or whatever
0: so is it more cases of letting them know or would you be in a position where you say no I'm not happy with that I don't want you to go near that person uh, or this person
1: not in our relationship um, I don't think either of us is keen to put you know, say no. You can't be that person. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they got with my ex, <laughs> I would be well <laughs> upset. But um, apart, you know, apart from very extreme examples, um, I can't imagine either of us would say no to a particular person. But I think it's just about just knowing and knowing what that person's been up to, and it's also a way yeah. of you know managing our sexual health as well, um, and yeah, and just the state of our, our relationship.
2: For you, then, in this polyamorous relationship, what have you found is the best? thing about it.
1: Ooh. I like that question. I think for me, uh, it helped me to prioritize my needs and to look at myself and think what of my needs that I have, what do I satisfy myself? And what do I kind of like a partner to be able to satisfy and kind of examining that. And also, actually, it's helped me to see that what I found when I was monogamous in the past is that there's an awful lot of pressure on one partner to be all and everything for the other partner, that therapist, you know, sort of emotional support in all kinds of ways, physical support, you know, cook, I don't know laundry person um, and my poly relationship actually, you know, if I know that one of my partners has been having a real hard time lately and I've got a problem of my own, I don't have to take it to that partner I can take it to someone else who is maybe less emotionally bogged down in their own stuff and has time for it and space for it yeah. so there's a lot of like mutual supporting um, sort of across different partners, partners and I think that's a really useful, really useful thing but also just the um, sort of personal introspection that I've gained by being poly really you know make, helping me to understand my needs but also my fears and my insecurities you know as we spoke about before with jealousy being able to link that jealousy back to like oh maybe it's because I feel like I'm not good enough at this and is that true or actually no I am perfectly good at you know making lasagna. I don't have to be threatened by the other person's pasta skills I think I think those are my, my benefits but my biggest benefits that I see
2: Yeah and then I suppose on the flip side of that what have you found most challenging? Is Is it the- the, just the jealousy or are there other things you found like is it difficult to manage having multiple partners on a you know daily or weekly or monthly basis
1: I mean on a logistical basis yeah it's, it's tricky for sure but I would say for me the biggest challenge that I faced which um was a big challenge because I didn't actually anticipate it was not feeling jealous myself but being the object of someone else's jealousy which I had never anticipated like I'd really thought about oh I might feel jealous dah, dah, dah. this is what I might feel jealous about and I thought about it from me feeling upset at, you know seeing my partner with someone else but actually you know it came about last year that someone else felt jealous of my relationship you know felt jealous jealous of me and i felt so terrible that i had been like caused someone to feel that pain of jealousy you know in my joy with our shared partner and you know that was actually the hardest thing that i've come across so far is trying to reconcile the fact that i've somehow you know been part of contributing to someone else's jealousy
0: i mean i don't see anything wrong with this relationship i kind of wish i had multiple partners myself i wish i could find maybe three boyfriends Okay. You're struggling to
2: find one, Saoirse, now. Come on.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just struggling to find the one first. But um, like you said, you can't expect one person to be good at everything. I mean, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is a lovely person. He's very funny, but he can't uh, hang up a picture. So, you know, to have someone that can cook and then clean and hang up things and and then also be a good listener, you know, you do need someone for everything.
2: You do. You have a good network of support people with, uh, you know, a a polyamorous setup. Uh, Final question. Cheers for um, speaking to us this evening. But do you think you'll be able to maintain a polyamorous lifestyle like 10, 20, 30 years in the future and and have a family and raise kids with all that going on? Do you think that's feasible?
1: I don't... Why not? I know other people who've been polyamorous for a long time, and I know people who are parenting whilst being polyamorous. And I think it definitely changes, just as like having kids changes everything else in your life. So I'm sure it would not, you know, have the exact same dynamic and variety that it might before you have children. I don't think it would be impossible, and it kind of is. It's an important part of my identity now, and also, you know, for my partner as well. But who knows? You know, that, that's the other thing is also just recognising but your needs at different points in your life do change and fluctuate. So it's just important to stay in touch with that, see what happens, I guess.
2: Yeah, Alex Samson, oh. thank you so much for speaking to us here in FM104.
1: Thanks very much. Take care.